Hi everyone, welcome to Psychedelic Conversations. This is your hub for engaging in deep conversations around serotonergic hallucinogens that alter perceptions, affect cognitive processes, induce mystical and spiritual experiences. Enjoy the show. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Psychedelic Conversations podcast. Today I have for you a very special guest author. He is a traveling nobody, also known as John Folak. He's a speaker, he's a, actually he is a cargo pilot, speaker, public speaker and author of five books, including The Psychedelic Hero's Journey of a Traveling Nobody and four more so we're going to dive into those books and also his journey welcome john so amazing to have you thank you i appreciate you having me on to sit down and compare notes in the in this space and see what we can find out that overlaps and what doesn't and just have a good time in the process yeah amazing so um firstly let's talk about your books and um, the one uh, we're going to dive into the one which uh, incorporates some um, hero's journey with visionary plant medicines. So this is the one I'm really interested in. Um, but please walk us through what other books you're, you have written and your current project. Yeah, talk to us about your books. Absolutely. So the first book that I wrote as you were talking about there is Psychedelic Hero's Journey of a Traveling Nobody. And in short, that is what I felt as though I had to do after my first ayahuasca ceremony. It was a synchronistic set of events that led me to that ceremony. And then quite literally when I was there, I met someone who suggested that I explore the formal hero's journey, which is essentially the work of Joseph Campbell, who stitched together many of these common patterns of human behavior into a cycle. And it wasn't until that I a ceremony through this connection that I met there, that I was really formally aware of what the, the hero's journey was. I'd heard about it before and maybe caught a couple lectures on the topic, but I wasn't too well informed. So anyway, that led me to, to writing that first book. And in, in many ways, that was setting the template for what my entire process became, which was essentially what I have found to be the case that we are all that hero of our lives and we're all leading our particular journey in our own saga. And of course, this is very individual and it's unique. However, there are very common elements that could be found throughout the cycle of life. So as it has seemed to me that it is not just one story of one person versus something totally different. For, for your fellow man, it's, it's, it's similar in nature. And then I began to explore that quite literally in that first book by putting my psychedelic awakening cycle or beginning of, because it never seems to end, to the process of what Campbell formally put out in the 17 stage cycle. So that was basically the foundation of what I started to do. 
from there, it took me about a year and a quarter to complete the book. And that was all consuming. As I was saying, it really felt like it was the mission from the other world that, that I had to sort of put this forth. All the while me just representing, as I was suggesting, something of kind of an everyman example of average human who encountered suffering. And then that led him to the plant medicines, which began the process of healing. So that's essentially the, the formula there at work. After I finished that book, I was at a loss as to what to do with myself in, in a deeper and more meaningful way. I had finished seemingly what I had as an assignment for Mother Ayahuasca. And synchronistically enough, another connection from that first ceremony I went to, who I wasn't even particularly close with, ended up contacting me through Facebook. We we're all involved in a group. And he said, look, I know you live in the United States. Back then I was living up in Kansas City, Missouri. And he said, I, I know of a group, an ayahuasca group that's traveling around the United States and they're going to be in your area. So take that information and do what you will with it. And I just felt like, oh, wow, the, the plant medicine is really dialing me back up, specifically Aya. So I, I looked up the group and I went, I booked a ticket and it was pretty close to me. It wasn't too far of a drive or anything. So I plugged back into ayahuasca the second time around and I was delivered a focused form of what I think my life was at that point, which was meaningless. In short, I had finished that book. And like I said, I was just sort of in the void and I wasn't sure what to do next. I was working a very unfulfilling job that was keeping me on the road constantly. I was traveling all the time. So I had no ability to plant any firm foundation or roots or relationships in my life. And this was causing me to realize that I couldn't find that meaning and fulfillment that, that I think most of us are after in the world, just through community and through having a purpose for yourself. So anyway, ayahuasca the second time around delivered that to me in a very focused form of sort of psychedelic hell. It was a confrontation with the shadow and without going into all the nitty gritty details of that, I came out of it knowing that I, I had to be real with myself about what my path might be. And then I still didn't know though. So as the path just sort of unveiled itself to me, a friend of mine asked me to write up a report basically of, of an experience I had. And I said, okay, I will do that. And I, that was sort of the call to adventure that we get from time to time in our lives. And in the process of doing that, it started to turn into this next series of books, which are the, the Visionary Quest series. And I have four of those out right now, almost done with the fifth. And I think that's really where I found my, my stride, so to speak, as an author or my voice or whatever. It really came through. They are very short chapters they're short books. They're sort of like entertaining parables that I think in many ways sugarcoat some of these lessons that, again, we are all contending with if we are here in three-dimensional reality, love, fear, the individual, the process that mitigates between these things. And then, of course, all of the obstacles and the calls to adventure that we get in our lives as the hero of our journey. So it's an exploration of that in a way which is hopefully much more able to resonate with, with pretty much any one and it's for certainly in this space and then having that sort of like every man theme all the while underneath it so that is how the process of writing about all of this has evolved for me wow yeah this is not the first time i'm hearing people going into ayahuasca journeys and really unlocking some of these creativities um the writing some sometimes it's you know painting sometimes art you know music 
um, one of my favorite musicians, actually, she also was activated in the ayahuasca ceremony where she began writing medicine songs and uh, singing them. It was, she said it was really clear, like it was like sing, sing, sing. And then suddenly she just kind of, whoa. And, 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 you know, it's profound. What a journey. And how long ago was, how long ago did you start this journey? I would say the beginning of this process for me realistically was actually about a year before I went into the plant medicine. It was about eight years ago and it was a heartbreak. That's what really began to, to put me on this path. Yeah. Would you agree that uh, anybody I sit down and speak with or encounter or have a brief conversation who's been on the psychedelic journey, they always say that psychedelics or the, the visionary plant teachers, they change the trajectory of their lives. It seems yeah. like, yeah, it does seem like it, especially for from those of us who go into it over and over again, conscientiously to attempt to, to work with it, with the medicine. And I just simply mean by that, having an intention, whatever that might be. And then being in, in the space, honoring the possibility for, for the medicine to work with you and then coming back home to your life with the knowledge that you have to implement that. I think that's really the process that, that applies is you've got to do some work. And of course, that's sort of like preaching to the converted, I'm sure for, for many who are listening to this, but it is true. That's part of the tried and true wisdom. If you're to use such things to grow and to develop and evolve in accordance with love, with the higher order principles, you do have to come back and attempt to, to integrate them into your life, I think. Since we're touching on the experience, I want to ask you a question. And also, I want to talk to you about this concept. I'm not sure if you're aware of that once you start working with the medicines, plant medicines, psychedelic medicines, entheogenic medicines, um, so, somehow they hire you for their own agenda. What do you, what do you think of that? I like a lot that. Of, yeah, a lot of people that, you know, who take this path continually, like you said, um, somehow they, they are being hired to do, it's the, the mission they go on to is just beyond themselves. So yeah, let's speak about that a little bit. That's very good. I like the way you put that. And I like the word you used earlier to activate. So it, it ties into this idea. I think that if you're going into the plant medicines, because you want to yourself, and I, I do think that's an important part of this equation, not because someone else wants you to, or you think it's trendy or whatever, but legitimately you feel the call to the medicine for yourself to, to work with your own soul and evolutionary path. So assuming that that is present and you do decide to go into such spaces and do the work, it does seem like you're given assignments, right? At the end of the, the experience. And now you've got to come back. And this could take any number of forms, of course, for you, whatever it might be. For someone, it might be truly quitting that job that is unfulfilling, which to quickly tie back to that other story I was giving you, that's what I eventually had to do. And then that sort of started the next uh, call to adventure in my life, which, which took me on a, another cycle. But to the idea that we're sort of employed by the medicines. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. It can certainly seem like it. And that hits really close to home with my story of writing. Essentially. I never thought of myself as a, as a writer 10 years ago. It never would have emerged to me or occurred to me or emerged in my life at all. Not really. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so then I just was, was going through the, the basic construct. I had a, a job that was comfortable enough. And like I said, I, I had the basic elements of 
a life that should have satisfied, should have fulfilled, but they didn't. And then of course, eventually there were parts of that life that started to break apart because I think it was just unsustainable. And when that happened, and I ended up going to, to the mushroom first, that was my first call from the medicines. And I used it pretty solo for a couple years until I was called to ayahuasca. And then back to that main point, when I was called to ayahuasca and I was explaining to you how, how the hero's journey really became the theme of my work, it seemed like it was sort of presented to me by Aya herself through the, the connections there and then the conversations I was having in the jungle. And then I came back with it fully sort of feeling employed, as you were saying, by sort of like, Aya, in this case, to to do this, write this out, this must happen. And then I guess in many ways that sort of turned into the journey. And, and like I was telling you before, that was perhaps a breadcrumb and free will is always at play. So I think we can deny these things, but it does seem to me like when you take that crumb and you, you do the work, then like I was telling you, you move on to the next one, which maybe you don't know what or where it is, but with continued exploration of the plant medicines, it always seems like you're given that next thing to do. And all the while you're sort of like proceeding along that evolutionary journey, which, which again is sort of like the cycle of life. And if there's anything that the plant medicines show us, it is certainly that we go on these, these journeys. They are these um, iterations, these smaller, almost mini iterations of like the life cycle. And so much of my work has been to abstract out from that process, what is happening in the process that, that we simply call life and, and talk about the, the higher order principles and the commonalities and really the navigational tools and aids that are there and available for us should we choose to pull back the veil, get acquainted with our soul, and then attempt to progress in a way which is good for, for self and other. And I would say that that is something like finding our treasure to find a person's highest and best use or purpose. And again, that ties into the idea that it seems sometimes like we're employed to do that by the medicines to find purpose. And the final segment of that whole process is to return it home too, so that there is value not only for the self, but simultaneously the collective. I love that. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, I want to bring in an idea of uh, this process of finding your treasures. Um, I remember reading Alchemist years ago, Paul, Paula Kahlo, and uh, the, the main character of the book Obviously, back in the day, they, they, you know, the book doesn't talk about psychedelics, but um, he had to travel so many years and he had to literally go and do so many things. It's a bit like the hero's journey and then come back home where he began and this thing was activated. You know, he just found his. But somehow, uh, I always say we're in a digital, I'm trying to tie this in with where we are now in the reality of that we perceive it's almost like the digital age is now booming like we are literally living and breathing the digital age everything is so super fast everything is just instant and click of a finger sort of thing tap of a button and i feel like these medicines also uh like a doorway and it's very aligned with our, you know, having a short attention span and having this like, because we don't have patience anymore. And I can understand why uh, psychedelics can be abused in this way because people want quick answers, quick fixes, quick healing. 
Um, yes, undeniably they do. For example, you becoming an author now within the eight years of space of eight years. Imagine if you never encountered ayahuasca, imagine if you never encountered these medicines. Um, maybe it could have been like you could have lived a lifetime and then maybe later, later in your life, oh, I could have just write or I feel like they work uh, simultaneously with the speed of life, the speed of reality that we are experiencing now. The medicines are coming very strong. And I speak to a lot of um, um, mycologists. They say it's the, the network of the web of the mycelium. We're all connected and, and almost like they are infiltrating these plant meds, whether it's mushroom or ayahuasca or any other visionary plant teachers, they are coming very strong. And it's almost like, and things are happening really fast. How many times, you know, you are in these communities, psychedelic communities, you speak to, I speak to so many and almost everyone says, I'm on a mission. Again, coming back to the assignment by the medicine. They're like, I'm on a mission. I've quit my job and became a shaman or I quit my job and became an author, musician, artist. And I quit my job and became a facilitator or some sort, you know. It's almost like in a such speed, we are being called to be more centered, find the balance in the world. And we're kind of moving away from the conditioned, what a reality, you know, a modern world reality looks like, you know, the, the standard, the Western dream life, you know, having the car, the career and everything. Somehow there is this, flock of people coming together and they are experiencing psychedelics and suddenly they, their life trajectory is changing, right? It's so fast. And I feel like it's, it's definitely um, simultaneously happening with the digital world, or digital world that we're living in now. What are your thoughts on that? I really like that point. I, I guess it, it makes perfect sense and it is self-evident just looking within yourself. If you use the, the psychedelics, the plant medicines to grow and to learn and evolve and all of that, you realize that it is something that offered you a chance to develop much more quickly than you, you would have without it. And I could simply say for myself on that, if I didn't have that heartbreak that basically put me on the, the path to healing, which put me on the plant medicine path, if that never happened and I never walked into the plant medicines as spiritual aids on the journey, I'd be living a much worse life. I have no doubt about that. And I don't mean necessarily how, how well off or whatever physically I am. I just mean by that I would not have found the meaning. I would not have found the real fulfillment. I would simply not have seen the world in the way that I, I now do. And of course, Again, I am just one version of, of any person. So it seems to me, and I'm sure you would attest to this too, that when you talk to others, that is a very common denominator that comes up in this space, almost as if you cleaned your lenses or something or the lenses of your soul. And now you're able to experience life simply in a way that's not available, not on the menu previously. So I cannot not talk about that, you know, and that, and that does speak to sort of what you were talking about too, with people becoming maybe musicians or expressing themselves in any which way they want to. I, I like the, the example you gave, sing, you know, the person just kind of got that one word. And in many ways, I felt that call too. I think there are no shortage of, of artists out there who get that exact same impression in a very 
simple way too. Maybe just with like that, a word or an idea, like for me, the hero's journey, explore this, you know, that type of thing. It is almost like it's the divine creative impulse that now we are not only more open to, but if we're wanting to complete our assignments, we need to uncap ourselves, you know, for like a medium for spirit. We need to not just take it in, but also allow it to flow out. And that process will undoubtedly involve the hero's journey. It involves taking that call to intuition or from the plants, putting it to work in the world, figuring out how to do it. I mean, that's part of the cycle road of trials, but ultimately finding some value in that personalized expression, which is of divine spirit, bringing that to the world. And now that seems to be the tapestry of life, hopefully, that we want to bring to the world it's like getting in touch with your real authenticity and and then through the road of trials being able to really put a a specific thumbprint of value upon the world which is again like spirits expression of the individual to to create some of that that wonderful tapestry and the way i often think about this too is even if you just examine those artists in your life who you you really love and they've undoubtedly been inspirational to you you'd probably say to yourself I'm really glad that they decided to bring their art form to the world because it has greatly improved and inspired my life in the way that I see things. And that you see, it sort of is like spirit talking to itself, which is like us. And if we have eyes to see it and ears to hear it, then we similarly feel that inspiration. And it's like, yeah, that's the wave to be on. We just have to, in many ways, it seems like we have to do these assignments. At least that's sort of my take on that. But as to the idea of it happening very quickly now, yeah, I think so. It's no surprise to see that these things are reemerging perhaps at this time when the world's going through what seems to be a pretty major transition over the last years and the medicine of humanity itself seems to be emerging more and more. So that's not surprising to me at all. Mm, My God, there's so many threads I want to pick up here. So many things, gosh, lots of golden nuggets. Um, So the one thing I'll, firstly, um, before I forget, I think um, when we're in these communities, like psychedelic communities, uh, hope you don't mind me calling psychedelic because psycho- psychedelic the word for me uh, I know many people are not they kind of don't like it that much but I I love the word psychedelic because it's mind manifesting and it's also kind of uh, it is for me represents an umbrella that carries underneath all of the medicines the visionary plant teachers because some people have an issue with psychedelic and plants because there's a division of some kind but for me, they are all sacred. They're all precious and they're all profound and powerful. So uh, the word psychedelic represents for me is actually quite humbling that it kind of captures everything, encompasses all of these medicines. So um, yeah, if you're in these communities, when you're in it, it's almost like you don't really know how you are so further in this journey. And then people who are still outside of these communities and they they are just observing or they encountering people who had their psychedelic experience somehow it's almost intimidating like i also meet many people online being online uh, allows me to meet so many people from walks of life and then there are some folks that you know never had any experience with psychedelics and when they encounter this psychedelic communities or at least now with the um, 
online social media being our, you know, domain of just kind of a lot of people are coming out, a lot of people are posting and openly sharing. I find that those folks that never had any psychedelic experience, they kind of feel a little bit intimidated because, you know, like they find it almost, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like interesting, that's how somebody can go through such transformation in such short time, you know, from, from, you know, I'd like to, you know, hear your take on, on the hero's journey. You're the perfect person to talk about, uh, you know, visionary plant medicines and the hero's journey incorporated, incorporated. But uh, from my understanding, coming from the somatic experiencing trauma-informed therapy, we always talk about capacity. And I always love to talk about capacity. And for me, um, plant medicines do exactly that. Um, the reason people are shocked the when somebody is really committed and genuine and really, really uh, consistent in their healing, transformation and self-improvement through the means of psychedelics, they can advance. Like, you know, some people say one session of uh, psychedelic experience can uh, worth 10 years of therapy, right? Coming from that background, I totally understand what this is. So, but um, we talk about capacity, meaning you could be seeing a therapist for 10 years before you find that capacity in yourself to say, I quit my job. This is soul sucking. So I'm going to go and become a musician instead. Because these things like, um, just so the listeners know, they don't just born out of psychedelics. These gifts were already in you. They were already in you. The capacity of that was there, but you just didn't know it. Or at least there's so much distraction in our modern world now that we, di we didn't have time to reflect and pull those out. And that's probably why uh, psychedelic experiences are great portals or doorways to kind of reflecting and, and finding out these uh, gifts. So with therapy, again, coming back to capacity. So an average person could go to a therapy. I know so many people who have been seeing the same therapist for five, 10, seven, eight you know, years. And I find that fascinating because now if the digital in this digital age, if everything is so fast and the attention span is now dropped to four seconds, I just find it super waste of time to see a therapist for five years to even advance a little bit. And they don't, they, and most therapists, they haven't done their real work, so they cannot help you building capacity, right? When I say capacity, I just mean emotional resilience. Emotional resilience in facing your shadow, which we're going to come to your hero's journey. Uh, and also emotional resilience in uh, dealing with the mundane triggers, all of these attachments and distractions and the entanglement, trauma entanglements, relationship entanglements. Uh, our attachment models, God knows what, so many things, right? And imagine it doesn't need to be that long to, to, to find some balance, equilibrium, something that could um, move you fast, fast forward your journey, uh, less than five years. You don't need to stick to one person, one-on-one -on -one therapist, which I love the traditional therapy, don't get me wrong. But I think now, as a collective, since the pandemic, because pandemic, let's say, is the initiation for a higher consciousness, 
I think collectively we've been called to or initiated to a higher consciousness, which means I think we are preparing for faster improvement, faster acknowledgement, faster uh, understanding, grasping, feeling it in our bones type of transformation, not just intellectually, but actually finally dropping in our bodies and really going for it, like really experiencing life as it meant to be. Yeah. And I think this is why I found the visionary plants to be the frontiers of, of, of this thing that we're talking about. And um, yeah, coming back to the example of those folks who's never had, and rightly so, because there's lots of stigma, lots of negativity, um, a lot of recreational use, a lot of underground use. US is doing much better. You guys, I don't know what it is, because um, UK and Europe, let me talk about UK, because I don't know about Europe, but UK is very reserved, uh, very much um, like we are a nation that we don't really talk much and vulnerability is not something we practice and it's actually threatening to our being as British people and um, psychedelics literally a threat to our existence because they um, open the doors for authenticity, vulnerability. It literally goes against the grain. And, um, but the, 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 you know, US as a nation, you guys are, I find much more open, much more willing, ready, and you don't mind the vulnerability so much, uh, you know. So I think, and also the connection. Um, I have so many connections in the US where, you know, they, they are in the psychedelic communities where they really are connected and they really want these medicines to be rid of stigma and then be available for everybody so that we can collectively kind of tap into those higher levels of consciousness. So what are your thoughts on that? I wanna take it all the way back to what you were talking about with the alchemist, because I think that's a really good point to start, home. And that was essentially the theme of the book, Paulo Coelho's The Alchemist was, as you said, that the hero, the person, the main person of the journey, which is us, this is who every man and woman is. We start and then we, we seek, we think, hmm, maybe I need to get out there, immerse into the unknown and essentially proceed along the heroic journey. That's essentially what it is. The three basic parts of the journey are to, to separate, to break out of your known world, to, as you said, be initiated, which is to immerse in the unknown and then to return home. That's just, the treasure and it's like the three basic parts so that's what happens with the hero in that story and he eventually finds the treasure at home right back where he started i think it was like buried under the tree or something at his home i don't remember the details but that's the theme and of course this is the theme universally that seems to be true it is source the infinite this is seemingly where we we start from we descend into matter in the physical world the illusion you might call it and then some of us begin to scratch our heads and intuitively know that mm, something's not right with the cultural value system as you were talking about earlier with the, the at least here in america with the american dream right the, the wife or husband the kids the dog the white picket fence the monday through friday job which keeps you away from your wife and kids and the white picket fence and all of that and then you start to examine through authenticity, what it might be that 
will actually fulfill you. What I refer to as these higher order principles and how they actually work in your life and such as these universal themes. Love, for example, I think of as an evolutionary growth mechanism that propels you through the cycle, keeps your character focused on attaining fulfillment and bringing value into his or her life through the discernment of meaning and truth in the world. And then of course that process evolving and having value for others. So that is the journey. And eventually I suppose the return would be home. It is the same source from which we initially began. And I don't pretend to have the next part of this fully incorporated, but it's almost as if it's the next book on the shelf that I'm able to kind of reach up at and poke and prod and hopefully maybe it'll fall and hit me on the head. But I think the next realization from there is a sort of way to view the world with um, a knowledge that the one is really in the many, you know? So it's like after going through this or something, now you're able to appreciate the Godhead and the ceremony of life within the illusion, you know, something a little bit more. And if there's any kind of way that I, and it sounds like definitely yourself and, and many of us out here have found, which really gets that message across, it is the use of the psychedelic plant medicines. And yeah, I too have no problem with that word. I'm a little reserved using it because I'm not sure how other people feel with it, but you were right when you said that they are mind manifestors or clarifiers. And I think that speaks to the point I was just making right there. They allow you to begin to discern these breadcrumbs these higher order navigational tools or principles that allow you to know something more of what is actually important, not necessarily the income or the job, but maybe fixing that relationship that you can maybe exercising a little bit more patience as you referred to earlier, because that's seemingly something that we all have access to, or maybe just working in a way that isn't exactly consistent with cultural values and the way you might be perceived by society, but working in a way that is going to help you evolve your soul which is, of course, working with an essence of source, you see. And so then it seems like you're calibrating your compasses or something or your compass to allow you to proceed on the actual journey, which is back home or something like that. So, yeah, home just being the theme there. And we are all one way or the other proceeding toward it, whether we know so or not. And it just seems like when we begin to, to go through a road of trials in life, there's a certain amount of suffering that occurs and there's a certain amount of conscientiousness that I think just emerges from those of us who use any kind of spiritual discipline, which is to say, there's a better way to do this thing. And I can figure that out if, if I am a representation of infinite intelligence, because there seems to be benevolence to that process. And if that's the case, and I work some things out, now I have the obligation to be an open channel of source and share what has been distilled. Mm, I love that. And somehow, anyone who's encountered plant medicines they always call to do something that kind of helps the flow the reciprocation of this energy the because that's what the life is about right it's it flows through us and between us and among us and around us so i think isn't it interesting that plants the the message the core message is like hey okay you have this conditioning uh, american dream or or whatever modern western civilized dream but here this is what you need to do to keep the keep tapping into that cosmic dance or the symphony otherwise otherwise you will be moving far out away from that yourself and the experience because if we're going to live head up neck above because i say that 
in the modern world. We don't know how to be in our bodies and we have every distraction available so we don't need to tap into the body. Um, and yet when we work with the plant medicines, they every time it's so true that they always want us to feel, want us to drop into the body and how does it feel to be a human? And then now from here, can we have you like assign you to do something that's going to make you or help you to be at service for the other? It's just the same. It's just so, it's the theme, right? It's the common theme. I'm sure you, you have a lot to say about that. It's just the way it is with the medicines. It's so true. And I never tire of hearing such things. I really don't. I'm always excited to hear other explorers such as yourself just sit down and essentially say the same things as I was talking about when we started off. It's more or less like we're all cosmic travelers. And when we have conversations like this, exploring the space, we're comparing notes in many ways from, mm -hmm. from our characters in this world. And we're coming up with many, many common denominators, which have to do with these themes of assignment putting yeah. that to work for yourself, bringing value for this, that, and the other, and all of these things, and generally growth. And then, of course, there's no shortage of talking about these uh, these other abstract higher order principles, which seem to have a hyper reality to them, such as love and compassion and, and all of these things. And that's cool. One other thing I, I would like to say about the, the plant medicines as well, the way that I have framed them for, for myself in life, it is that they are supernatural aids on the journey. And what, what that is simply is the mentor, the teacher, the guru, simple as that. And this has been a pretty recent recognition from my end of this, but the real function of the teacher is to show you yourself, you know, but perhaps not the lowercase s self, the self, the capital s self. So in that way, the guru, the teacher, plant medicines they are mirrors and they can ref reflect even just using that word we can reflect on an experience or they can reflect something to your character in this world that you you might not have seen before or had the opportunity to absorb just because you were conditioned as you said it's a great word i think that's true these are agents the spiritual plant medicines or just the psychedelics they are agents of deconditioning which again i think if conscientiously worked with can offer you reflections that are more potentially fulfilling should you choose to integrate them but all the while it seems like you 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 actually kind of grow in capacity to tie it back to another term you're using using in the just their past because you you simply are not going to have the capacity to know the absolute godhead with your first psychedelic experience it's it's probably not going to be that way at least it never was for me i mean i don't know maybe there are some out there who could just get a, a heavy hit right out the gate and then they attain complete union with with the one and, and they're good they're good to go for the rest of their life they never need that but it seems like most of us are not going to be able to approach it in that way and so what i'm saying is like with the whole idea of these things being your sort of guru your, your mentor in a way they're giving you what you need at the time you need it to begin to deepen and bring a higher resolution understanding, I think, to, to reality. So now you give yourself the chance to, to legitimately know the next thing. And then when you continually repeat this cycle in your life, undeniably over time, you just get the impression that you're much more 
capable and well-informed of discerning the higher order values of finding meaning for yourself in a way that is purely available and fulfilling. It's, it's nothing that can be argued with, you know, this is what we know when we touch upon it, meaning maybe that brings you to tears or that shows you something that you previously always looked at, but never saw. And the plant medicines are really good ways to allow that process to happen, but outside of it being a magic pill, which it isn't. And that's something I think is important to say too. It is something that we have to work with. So they are aids to help us on that journey, but really more than anything, as I'm talking about this now, I I tend to talk more about the journey because I think that has more sort of underpinning foundational reality to it. And then of course, the the way you, you might start to actualize that in your life is by looking into that grand mirror. And if the psychedelics aren't that, I don't know what is. Yeah, you nailed it, actualizing the experience i just want to quickly say about why do we why did we come to this place of um i know psychedelics have a lot of stigma around them still now we still got a lot of work to do but i'm also hearing these like communications between people conversations where they say oh you know why do you need to keep going back to the medicine why do you need to like you should be done on your first, second, third. Um, I know we can go into this as a big subject, but I just want to quickly bring into our conversation because we're all unique. We all have unique needs, uh, unique way of processes, unique, everything is so unique. Although we come from the same source, we have our own perceived experience of this life. Therefore, we also have different uh, ways to build capacity. And I feel like if we're going to see psychedelics as our teacher, mentor, therapist, then if an ordinary average person can hire a therapist for five to 10 years, why not consciously, um, maturely work with the medicines as long as you need to? I have another friend who's in the space and he says, why, why? He's, I think he said, um, I think the, the West is the only, like the Western people are the only people who see psychedelics as trauma healing tools. But they are not. They are us and we are them and they are part of our lives. And, and just because they, you know, from the 50s, we, I know in the West or the civilized world found out or more became aware of these medicines since the 50s and then he went underground for a long time but I mean if we look at the indigenous people they don't sit there and think oh we should only have one ayahuasca every 10 years no they 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 have it uh, when there is a birth there is a festival there is a I don't know new moon just anything like uh, death birth you know whatever it is part of life and somehow because of these um, biotech companies coming in to um, utilize the psychedelics for through the mental health you know through like from from this angle of bringing them into our lives again mostly because of the legality and all the protocols but uh, um, but you know 
that's fine. But at the same time, how about I think what I want to try and say is that I think we need so much education that we need to at least begin to accept these medicines as part of our lives and not necessarily for healing. One of the greatest things and the most beautiful things that I hear from people and my own experience, these medicines, at first you seek them for healing and then suddenly that becomes secondary once you start building relationship with the medicine. You move on very quickly from your own narrow, tiny, rigid, limited world of me, 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 and my trauma, my trauma, and my family, and my dysfunction, to more cosmic and more greater understanding of existence. And then you begin to respect this is, we are them and they are us, and we, we carry similar compounds. Why is that? Obviously, we evolved together. That means it is not a, like earlier you said, magic pill to swallow, heal, and then go back to business as usual. No, I think we have a greater work mission um, within this space to integrate them somehow, weave them into our lives so that we can use them when we feel the boost when we feel down and depressed or when we need a little bit of a creativity or when we want to, because our environment is so conditioned to keep us rigid and limited. So we, we should be able to access these beautiful medicines for our lifelong, as long as we live on this earth, because we have a selective uh, perception, the processes of our brain, the mind, because we, we're probably the only species, maybe not, maybe there are different species, that we have a selective mind processes where we only process like threat or the, 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 the necessity, you know, what's necessary for our survival. So therefore, which means it's very clear to us that we're always going to need their help. Like, um, if you look at the um, ancient, like even the, the Stoic philosophy or the going back now Greek, um, they always had mentors. They always had teachers. They always had people that, you know, they always had those uh, wise people around them. Like if you look at the um, shamanic uh, culture, if you look at um, Sufism, there's always a mentor. There's always, like, if you look at um, indigenous people, they, are, they have elders. I feel like in the West, these medicines can be just that so that we can integrate them into our lives and don't feel bad if we need a creativity boost or if we need maybe just to take it and then go into the nature and explore the nature in it with a different eye sort of thing. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, a central theme of what you're putting forth there, which I think is a great topic is, are these things to be taken? A message is to be received and then the phone to be hung up, meaning that you don't need to use them again. I don't think so. So I think you were probably of a similar school of thought as, as I am, is that we are forgetful creatures as humans are. And it seems to me at least like I need continual reminder. And, and I don't mean 
using the, the psychedelics every week. I don't mean anything like that. Personally, for myself, I found pr- probably every quarter or so of a year is, is decent for me to keep on that sort of next breadcrumb. Um, recently, I just went about seven months from my last major experience until just recently, my, my last major experience. So half a year or so. So that's just what I mean as a frame of reference for how, how often or whatever, maybe a couple, a few times a year, whatever you, you feel called to do is, is going to be appropriate for you. But the idea is I almost could not imagine having a complete merging with source, attaining the Godhead, knowing everything, which can happen with these heavy experiences, then coming back to earth and just saying, well, I'm good. Wash my hands of, of every responsibility to live out the assignment or to move on and evolve. And it doesn't work that way. It, it does not seem to me as though it has worked that way over the last eight years of using these things. So again, to the point you were making, it is sort of like they are the guru. They are the mentor or they, they can be used that way. And again, what is the mentor? The more I explore, the more I come back thinking it is an intelligent mirror. That's what it is. And I, I hope that doesn't sound too ambiguous or overly abstract, but that's really how I'm seeing these things now. To continue to go into light experiences or heavy experiences, it seems to always have that message at the end of it for me now, which is that those spaces, they're showing you elements of your psyche, talked about psychologically, of course, talked about spiritually, they're showing you elements of your soul, talked about in, in without language in some sense, they're showing you the Godhead. They're showing you the infinite, which is all the all. That's really the word that applies. And so within time, how that actually seems to look is life in three-dimensional realities. We don't have all information just on top of itself. We have frame by frame. We have the movie, we have the saga, the cycle that is the hero's journey. We are the individual within that cycle, which is source. Having chosen to forget to bestow limitation upon itself willfully so as to know an experience at hand, which could be thought of as any given experience, but then stitch together the story that is your life, you see? So it really seems like life is the way, the classroom by which we, having willfully forgot, bought in the ticket to enter this grand cosmic theater, can remember, can step into the remembrance of source. And if that right there isn't the actual healing when you attain that understanding when you feel as you were talking about earlier because it is it's a feeling it's not some sort of like heady conceptual thing it's just a a present knowledge that is just upon you or understanding perhaps is a better word the, the mechanism by which we know the transcendent our understanding that is enough to take you completely out of what you thought your trauma was or your issue was that initially led you to the medicine and i really like that you showcased highlighted that part of it because I have often found that too it's often that you come to the medicines for some reason and you're given a lesson or you're shown something that has seemingly nothing to do with why you came in but it does it does have everything to do with why you came in that's what was there to lead you into the experience and then you were given a response and answer healing teaching from that thing that led you into it and now that is the healing and yeah you're also right it seems to generally like expand into showing you that your, your problem you thought was so significant was not nearly as significant when you get that grand reflection of the all. And that's just the point I want to highlight, not to belabor, but that seems to be the healing. And one last thing on that, I, I think you also bring up another good point. If we could start to bring maybe 
I, I'm hesitant to say this, but I think it almost fits a more sort of like ceremonial or, or regular, perhaps regular is the better word to use it, or more regular use and integration of these things within, let's say, modern society, maybe the cultural value system would change, would reflect that. You see that, that integration of the plant medicine on a not so have to basis. My life is ruined and I am facing the dark night of the soul. So now I have to seek a remedy, which is what can bring us here as I was talking about, but perhaps it doesn't have to get to that point, right? And if we more embrace it at the cultural level, maybe we can begin to, to use these things to not just heal per se, but to facilitate an active and open exploration with curiosity to bring about maybe higher degrees of, of love and complexity into the world. So that again, it's not just some sort of remedy, but it is actively being worked with as a channel for the divine impulse to, to bestow itself upon us in the world. And that's very interesting to say the least, I think, because again, we seem to be maybe on a precipice of, of that, of actualizing that in the world and we'll just see what happens. Yeah. Oh my God. I really want to dig into your book, but you keep, you keep bringing these threads. I want to speak something else and then we'll go into your book in a minute. Just want to say one last thing. Uh, one of the guys that I follow, um, he used to be a medical doctor and he moved away from his medical um, practice. And um, he was saying something like, um, isn't it interesting in the civilized world that all of our energy, all of our investment goes into um, cure investment goes into dealing with the symptoms however like um doesn't need to get there he talks about the health span and he covers it it's quite practical it's very very practical actually it's not not rocket science if you look at the human biological existence we have cognition physical beings we are and emotional right he goes um people who are in the psychedelic space uh and who are not sometimes intimidated by this, uh, by the people talking about their mystical experiences and, you know, the the whole thing, the story is kind of intimidated for some people. And some people, you know, they don't, they're not interested in spirituality and that's fine. They're not interested in uh, finding Godhead. They're not interested in becoming this being that's one with the cosmic cosmos. That's fine. And uh, they just want to have a, they just want to optimize their health. And he was saying that psychedelic medicines can actually improve cognition um, and physi like physiologically you can improve your health because they can sort of, you know, work with the biology and regulate your organs, regulate your heart, everything. And then um, psychologically and emotionally, you can be more stable simple as that nobody needs to be so woo woo and become so spiritual and you know and move to a, a, to a top of a mountain or something like that so uh yeah i really see the plant medicine is going to play a massive role in the future i think covid has been or the pandemic has been a great uh, awakening for us to now look at okay let's talk about improving our health so that we don't need to continually chase the cure to fix something. How about we take our, you know, take responsibility, self-agency, because one of the things that I love about psychotherapy, I'm sure we can go into it, 
is the self-agency that, you know, it promotes that level of connection because, you know, I believe the moment we're connected with our bodies, the somatic intelligence, then we can make decisions. We can then stop outsourcing. How do I feel today? Should I watch a motivational YouTube video to feel good? Like, where do I go this morning? Instead, you come in to your body, start breathing and say uh, your gratitude and, and really kind of wake up in your own world rather than, I always say, outsourcing. Like, mm. how am I meant to feel today? So that's the self-agency that we lack a lot, especially with the digital age, having access to YouTube and, you know, within seconds you can get somebody telling you in three steps you should be feeling on top of the world if you do this and do this and do that but how about how do I want to feel today like what can I do for myself without outsourcing it so I think yeah there's a lot of threads again here but I think you understand what I mean these medicines can actually um, educate us in in many ways increasing our health span, increasing our self-agency. It doesn't need to be so spiritual because I know a lot of people that are, you know, like, oh, that's the woo-woo. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to wear crystals and the feathers, and that's fine. I don't want to smudge my house. That's fine. You can still carry on living, how, whatever makes you feel good, but you can still benefit just improving your health, right? So, yeah, again, there's, there's so much we're going to learn and implement, I'm sure, in the next sort of decade or so, maybe less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly seems to be upon us. Is it that the medicines are going to initially maybe be be brought into the front and center within modern culture as as just that, as medicines that could be used to help with PTSD or mm-hmm. obsessive compulsive disorder in some cases, cluster headaches, I know psilocybin has been shown to be effective for. And, and of course there's gonna be no shor- shortage of issues that these things can be found have been found to be effective treatments for, which is wonderful because that's what they are. Medicine, we're sort of catching up to that, it seems like, as a societal collective. So that might be the entry point. But from there, will it truly grow into being more regularly incorporated to advance our understanding? It seems like that would be the natural growth. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, organically. Absolutely. I think so. Even if somebody is not interested in spiritual realm, right, they can just come into it from a health span point of view and then slowly, incrementally, organically kind of grow to that path, into that path. Uh, I think, yeah, there is a natural like process towards that. I believe so too. Right. And even just within the individual's life, it seems like you can see that you can see as we were talking about before, perhaps you'd come to it because there was a kind of suffering. Okay, that's fine. That's what led you there. Usually, I think the way that that then evolves is it's not to heal from an acute pain or suffering or anything like that anymore, even if it's psychological. I think usually it's more curiosity that keeps us going back. So if we even just broaden that or zoom it out to the cultural level, why would it not take form that way in the the collective as well? I think it very well might. Mm. And paradoxically, um, the the very thing that you want to heal, you know, with the the psychedelics I've seen, I also spoke to many people, um, after a while they let go of the need to heal 
and this feeling that we talk about feeling it in your bones type of thing that you are actually connected and then you touch the source and then you realize the 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 reason you're sick in the first place because you were disconnected and it's paradoxically it kind of once you receive that and feel that in your bones you then transcend and you let go of this need to heal anything and then again a natural organic process begins where you kind of heal naturally just because you understand the bigger picture of existence right right that is sort of like that return home for sure that's coming yeah. back to like the origin point and now having done so you see like the journey was a, a map that led you somewhere to some real thing and in that way i suppose you could say the map is not the godhead itself well it is i mean it's a part of it but it leads you to it and i think about this in the, the way that a spiritual discipline can lead you to an attainment of a personal and direct understanding of the source that we are mere reflections of and then from that understanding hopefully you can embody it in some way in your life to to really start to live in what might be the true one percent which is those of us who have really sort of gotten some of these higher order principles set up correctly in our value hierarchies and then live it out ayahuasca once told me that said she said something like the real one percent are those who are living love out purely and truly in an unattached way in their life and this does not mean as you were talking about earlier that a person is on a mountaintop alone quite the opposite of that it means just that they are actualizing that real vibration of love within their life their marriage is real they have real love between themselves and their children and they are the real mentors for those children and they care and and they've just played along enough to to actualize these things in the world a house and, and job whatever but at the same time they're legitimately and authentically fueling off of whatever they do for for work for example or those relationships with their children and that is a process that really has to be worked with you can see why ayahuasca said it was like the real one percent because it's it's rare to be able to find someone who lives authentically with every element of their life or with most of their life or something like that mm -hmm. but i think that that's what again to the theme of these things as mentors or as mirrors can show us reflections of ways to do that and I suppose just one other thing about the return home, home is where we start, home is where we end. Home might be thought of as, as that thing which, it, it well, it is source, right? It is a presence, of course. It is pure, unbound, undifferentiated love in the most universal ways. However, will we ever know it at the beginning of the journey? Not really, I don't think, because you haven't known anything other than that. You see, and this turns us into looking at the world of, or turns us to recognizing the world of duality. Well, I suppose we won't know unbound fear or love rather, unless we also have had a taste of undifferentiated pure fear or something like that night from day and so forth and so on. So you see, this is part of like the divine source code that creates this classroom of life so that we can know it. It can know itself through this whole progression. So if you're sitting on your treasure the entire time, it's buried underneath you, like in The Alchemist, how is it that you're actually ever going to know that? This for me, again, is where rubber really meets the road. It is like, I, I think the whole hero's journey thing has a lot of reality to it. It is almost like the, the lessons we can gain from mythology and such are, are telling us this is a map 
to attainment of this kind of knowledge and can be used to bring real fulfillment into your life and to, to set you up in a way which is sort of like most capable of absorbing and living out the source code within your human life. And then having done that, I mean, it's anyone's speculation where it goes from there. Maybe we just continually iterates. I suppose that is the nature of the infinite, but that's sort of like, uh, whatever, that's sort of beside the point for me. It's, it is, Truly, that if in your life you're authentically touching upon shades of love, such as enthusiasm and just a zest for life, humor, of course, and then intimate, meaningful relationships, you're, you're living it out. There's no doubt about that. And that's what I was talking about earlier. That's an indication to your character in this world that you're absorbing what you are as source. And it, it comes to us in meaning in these fulfillments fulfillments that we can get in the world when we're set up in, in the right way. So that's a real task to work with. And it I don't think would ever really come to your front and center stage unless you, you go on something like the journey. And so the real quick analogy on that is like, if the fish is in the water, what in the water is, is love is source. He's never going to know it until He's, he's out. taken out of them. Yeah. And then of course he's flopping around and he wants nothing more to be back in that water. So I think that's sort of a, a decent analogy for source us in the world and then coming back to it, having fully appreciated it. Mm, I love that. Can you please walk us through the visionary uh, plant um, medicines hero, like hero journey, like uh, you mentioned earlier, hero's journey through the visionary plant medicines. Like how, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is, this is a time where I really want to know because you were inspired to write this book and also incorporate it with Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. So really interested to hear your take on. Right. Joseph Campbell's monomyth, just like one myth that he set up with the cycle, it was 18 stages and I won't bore everyone with all of those. It's essentially broken up into three parts. And this is very easy to remember. And, and the point of putting this forth is essentially to say that this is happening all the time in our lives, just in, in sort of miniature ways too for ourselves. But it's something along the lines of to separate at first, then to initiate oneself with new information. And then of course, to return that new information home, which would be an indication of having integrated some of the new lessons, having deepened your understanding of the world and source in us as a reflection of it. So within a journey specifically, this happens within a psychedelic journey. This, this whole process certainly happens. So for me, the way that usually looks is I do psychologically hear that call to adventure. I mean, I don't actually hear a voice, but something in my life says, do this, go here. One of the last significant ones for me was going out to the desert in Western Texas here. I had an intuition that told me you need to go out for four days and four nights, an extended period, and essentially rest in solitude there and let the process show you what it will. You will gain something from that, I said. Okay, who am I to argue with that? So I did, I went out there and I didn't even know if I was going to use the mushroom is what I came prepared to use. I wasn't sure. I came prepared to survive for four days and nights, but that was it. I didn't know how the process was gonna lay itself out, but I was open to allowing it to lay itself out. And that's exactly what happened. I was given no shortage of things to do. I was not bored at all. 
And then I had to almost proceed on a whole road of trials, which is part of your initiation. That's what you have to go through, your challenges, your obstacles. And all the while, I guess the idea is that you're going to proceed through those, having learned a little bit more of the rule set of the unknown, which you did not previously know in, in your comfort zone. Now you're, you're discerning maybe a kind of truth in that process, or maybe you are quite literally focused at some principle you want to work on and you get a little bit more clearer of an understanding of that. And after having done that, your, your journey subsides and ends. You have to, again, integrate the whole lesson in your life, like literally. So what that looked like for me after that last vision quest was that I, I really couldn't delude myself anymore. I had to live as authentically as was possible about the psychedelic writings. And previous to that, I had written the five books, but I did not have my full legal name on the work. And that's because I was a cargo pilot in the whole psychedelic and visionary space probably isn't going to mesh too well with aviation. It's just not two things that are going to fit together. So of course I had fears about not being able to get a job in the future, but I couldn't just live a lie any longer. You see, so now I'm sort of like starting another practical cycle of, of immersing into the unknown with a kind of knowing though, that if you continue to do this and to the best of your ability, you live out the lessons that you, you think you need to, you will be given and shown the benevolence of this process. And it sort of takes form with coincidences, those odd things that seem to happen, just the right person, just the right song lyric you hear, just the right time, this, that, and the other, that kind of help you. It's like source cares for its children. And if you just to put it in the simplistic way, it wants to pat you on the back when it shows you're putting appropriate effort forth or, or something like that. So I, I hope I didn't get too far away from like the main issue of the question. But yeah, when it comes to um, basic psychedelic experience, you're probably going to have some kind of call to go into that in your life, no matter what it is, even if it's just curiosity, that's a good enough call. You're certainly going to immerse in the unknown when you're in that space, which is simply information you didn't even think could exist if you've never had that experience. But why, why do that? Well, there seems to be some sort of evolutionary reason to it. And I think that could be put as vague as that. I always feel like when I'm in that space, I am, of course, uniting and all of this, but it's almost like the evolutionary process itself. You know, like you're just, you're clarifying your lenses, your soul's lens or something like that. And that could take any number of forms, especially having come back and when those lessons stick with you. And then you apply them to your life and you start to get very different feedback maybe from the world around you because it's just a big feedback mechanism. Seemingly, it's a mirror. And if you act differently in accordance with different governing principles, you're going to get different feedback. And then from there, what can be gained? I mean, it's anyone's guess, but it seems like all of this is much more malleable than we might have previously thought. And the medicines will help show you that. Wow, that's so super profound. Do you know what I, I heard? I heard from you that we're not meant to just create comfortable homes with big sofas and big TV screens. We're designed and we're built for adventure. We're meant to evolve. We're not meant to just grow up and have a family and wait to die. Get all and get all, you know, the, the usual progressive lifespan 
but we're meant to be adventurous and we're meant to contribute to our own evolution. This is so profound. That's it. Yeah. That's really, in a nutshell, my message is you are that hero of your life. You are. Yeah. I am. We all are. <laughs> as much as... Yeah, as much as we are overly identified with, I'm a mother, I'm a teacher, I'm so-and-so, I'm a business owner, I'm a daughter, whatever, you know, we're so overly identified with these roles. But however, take away that, we are souls here on an adventure. Right. And, right. and, and the, the, there will always be a knock on the door for adventure. There always is. That's the call to adventure. A person can refuse it, but not really. If you're looking to evolve and grow and, and truly step into the role of the hero in your life, you're going to have to take that call. So I love the way you summarize that, that we are souls on an adventure here. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't have a very strong stance on the reincarnation concept um, just because I like to stay neutral. I don't have that conviction that some people have you know some people say oh we continually reincarnate to learn the lessons and there's karmic thing going on and and you know sometimes they're so convicted in their belief they say like i was a nun in my past life or i was this or i was so and so a warrior you know i mean i don't have that stance i'm just kind of neutral because um just because like i don't know um but something inside me says, like we, whether we chose or not, we didn't choose or we did choose to be here now, the shaman that I love to work with, for example, she says, why are you scared of COVID? You wanted this experience. You chose to be here in this right moment, like right now. There's nothing to be feared. You, um, one of the things that she said I love, she says, um, don't let the fear consume you because for you to be here now to witness pandemic, that means you're built for it. That means you, you have the capacity because you, you chose to be in this moment here. That means you have the capacity. So there's no fear. There should be no fear. Have more courage sort of thing. I like all these concepts, although I'm quite neutral, but coming back to what you said also earlier, somehow, you said the universe kind of looks after its children. Mm -hmm. you, you know, one of the things that uh, only recently I started using this um, example of, you know, there is also a quote, um, nature loves the brave. Mm -hmm. It's similar. But I say with the deep work, especially with the psychedelic medicines, when you take on this deep shadow work or self-work, it's almost like the more you go into it, the more you get thrown like a little candy from the universe. There you go. Pat yourself on the back. Great job. There's your candy. And that candy could be um, a great, uh, metaphorically, a greater awareness, greater self-awareness, or synchronistically, um, deeper evolution. Mm -hmm. But I always use the metaphor of, here's your candy. Well done. Good child. You know, it just feels like yeah. that almost feels like that it's and then and then i can't help to think oh my god we are in a game this is a game and we like how did we come to come to this place of 
uh, what's the word? Um, you know, seeking comfort all the time. Like, how did we get here? That, that you know, how did we go into the certainty of uh, natural progression of life that, you know, we're born and then we have, we grow and educate ourselves and then have a family and then you wait to get old and then you die sort of thing. Like, how did we get to this place? However, the natural progression of life is all about adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah this is what i'm understanding yeah that's exactly the the way that i see it in in an abstracted way yeah yeah it is and whether or not you want to realize that is sort of irrelevant it's like that's what it seemed like to me it, it seems as though this is basically the structure of the classroom that is life of the, the ceremony maybe that is life if you're to think about this as one big psychedelic ceremony just one that has seemingly more stable bits to it and, and coherent rules that we could work with and then having like discerned those rules properly we can seemingly navigate a little bit easier a little bit more yeah. streamlined on a different vibe and sort of have an experience that's just totally different and other from ways that we were living before we had ever come into those understandings for example Real quick on that note, when I was out in the desert, there was one point when I was I was deep in to the mushroom, and I was in my tent in the the desert in the middle of the day. It was quite hot. I was venturing in, and I sort of had the impression, and not sort of, I did have the direct impression that wherever I was internally, it wasn't here. It wasn't within physical reality, and of course, it wasn't to, to my subjective experience at that point. It was elsewhere. It was out out there, let's just say in the psychedelic space. And a realization also occurred though at that time. And it was something like love and truth and compassion, just, just to give some of those more commonly referred to higher order principles. They are the real breadcrumbs. They're the real tools to use and to understand and to work with in this life. And it's not just because it feels good to yourself to be in love that might be sort of like a selfish way to love if you're romantically involved with someone and it's new it's fresh you're in that crush mode it feels good you feel enthusiastic about life and I guess there's mutuality to that too if it's legit the other person feels the same way so that's a beautiful thing I'm not trying to take away from that but I'm just saying you feel that all because of what someone of the other sex coming into your life and showing you some attention, you know, it seems almost like a a silly way to get there. And so I think some of the world renowned prophets have taught lessons that have these principles involved with them because it's almost like the most strategic way to end our unnecessary suffering and to help us to truly evolve in the most pure sense of the word is to use these principles. You see, it's not just like, so Um, hallmark I want to say like there's real practical utility to living these things out it's like look look there are ways to navigate in this classroom of life there are ways that just don't work do not they're going to keep you bound in the illusion that's it and then there are other ways which are going to allow you to see see the illusion and and begin to to move through it Uh, hopefully you know with more order in your life and to those you you come into contact with so that you're you are an active open channel of source and forming itself of itself something like that so then as you're doing that it's strategically sound you see there's like an intelligence to that and that was the lesson that was at hand and i i guess i can't really convey that through story the way it hit me but it was so clear 
that these things sort of, once you see them, they almost demand to be lived out because again, we are a reflection of that intelligent process. It does seem to be intelligent, coherent, structured, ordered. And if we're not going to utilize the existent source code to improve our lives and those we come in contact with, we're just willfully remaining ignorant. And I think most life, once it sees that, once it discerns trap from truth, it's going to pick truth. It's not going to continually step into a trap. And just to die one last thing on that, I think, of course, the psychedelic medicines will really put you in touch with that space, much more so than any other discipline I have found in the, in the spiritual world. So that's just my two cents on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. Um, I would say, so would you, would you agree that if we don't play the game that's laid out in front of us, front of our eyes, you know, that life is an adventure, in true meaning it is, literally. And the moment we get too caught up in the identity games and, and those limitations and that little narrow, I always say narrow, limited world that we perceive sometimes, just me, 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 when we go into, when we take that path, it's always like plays out not really kindly. And that's is probably because why people get sick and uh, terminal illnesses, accidents, you know, depression, and so many things that manifest because they are repeatedly, repeatedly refusing call to action. Mm-hmm. I think it certainly can. Yeah, it, it has in my life. It, it has been where I refuse a call to adventure, perhaps. And it might just be so because of ignorance. You just don't know any better. For example, at one point in my life, I was definitely an alcoholic. And that led up to me losing one of the most pure and beautiful relationships I ever had romantically in my life. And that was the first real heartbreak I ever went through that I was previously describing, which led me to the psychedelics initially to heal, then through curiosity and exploration. And then it led me to life path purpose and all of that. So that can happen, of course, for a person, but I'm not sure that over identifying with like any one element of, of the journey is going to be uh, pure to what I'm attempting to say. And, and I think you pick up on the spirit of that. It's like, yeah, we are the adventurer. And it, for some point in our life, that may take the form of this job, this role, this character. But underneath that, the soul is progressing through these different experiences. And all the while, it is the fool that is evolving to the hero. It's not in any one particular structure, I think, or, or rule set, but it moves throughout these different structures in our lives, the different roles. And then all the while, sort of when the, the right tools, those right higher order principles are being used, it sort of does seem like these different roles or jobs or whatever, they serve their purpose for you at that point in the journey, right? So like you, you don't say, quit something and lose everything that you had gained up to that point. It has not seemed to me that way. It's like you move through the appropriate class within the university, the universe that is life, when you need to absorb the lessons of that class. And then having done so, you're now free to move on. And you see, it's like that cycle, that spirit of adventure, as you were referring to it, which is so cool. I really like the term, of course, because that exemplifies what I'm saying. 
that is probably the only identity point that I personally try to ever have. And, and I can honestly say that's been something natural throughout my life. I've never felt too attached to any particular role in the world, but that observer, yeah. that mm -hmm. character that is, is always tr trying to go through something in order to evolve in some way that has truth to it. It is perhaps the minute representation of source, which is your character in the world. It is the adventurer, it is the hero having kind of even just seen the world that way, if taking nothing else from this podcast other than the ability to see the world as a, a map that you can navigate through that does have a real home, I would say that's sufficient. It's almost yeah. like when you talk about some of these things, you, you get bogged down with the details and I'm not sure that's the point or that matters at all. But if you just zoom out and view the abstracted uh, terrain, you can begin to, to see it as a place to, to navigate. Mm, yeah, great. This is such a great insight and kind of reminds me Steve Jobs quote where he says um, connecting the dots backwards and that also speaks to um, you are exactly where you need to be and whatever you've done in the past is exactly needed to be exactly that um, yeah if you look back and kind of work uh, reverse engineer your life all of those things that you've done and experiences actually supported right this moment now the journey that you're here it's so beautiful once you kind of understand this on this there, there is there's more depth to just you know what we see with uh, plain eyes you know there's more depth to all of us and and this journey of life and existence that we can ever grasp and this is where i bring my trust the concept of trust trusting oneself trusting the unfolding the process i think that's one of the things that medicines teach us to trust the unfolding. Don't get too attached. Don't get too like, you know, clingy and, you know, don't go too crazy about making all these meanings and uh, narratives. You know, I really like that. I think, yeah, just trusting and evolving and accepting the adventure. And yes, there's going to be fear. There's going to be resistance, but just growing in self-awareness enough to discern what is called adventure what is you know when to stop when to move when to you know take these steps forward i think mm -hmm. yeah 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 just trusting in that process i think that that's key because it it allows you to know really know what we're talking about the whole reflection of of source if you can embody a real trust i think what that is actively saying in your behavior is I understand that I am source that you are source and if you lead sort of this template that I'm putting forth the, the hero's journey it's always seemed to me that you're given the appropriate tool or resource when you need it so just for example on that I've basically led this out over the past eight years for, for sure I mean when it's come to major life events I have and leading me to, like I said, heartbreak, the edge of bankruptcy, just recently quitting my job to, to venture into this world and, and try to find my legit highest and best use and plug into the collective in a way that is most worthwhile for everyone and myself. Those elements have happened. You know, that's real. Why in the world would a person do such things? Because there is that trust, ultimately, that by engaging authentically, you can give yourself the best possible strategy and chance to 
enlightenment, if you will, to knowing the source code and working with it. And I just don't know that there's a more worthwhile aim. That is home. That is where every hero is, is aimed at one way or the other back home. Yeah, yeah. And I know we're coming to end of our conversation, but I just want to squeeze in something. What would you say to our listeners who are maybe feel like they need to shift, change, quit job, they've, they've kind of come to end of their um, patience with their current reality, but they just feel so scared because a lot of the times, would you say that um, taking the psychedelic medicine route um, builds some capacity in you and trust that you can actually go forth without, because to someone else, that could be a very scary thing to quit job, quit everything, and then move into a complete new territory. What would you say? What would you say to, to those things? Yeah, that, that's all very real. Everything you just said, the fear. And, and it is certainly within myself too. I don't claim to have dealt with effectively fear uh, f- forever. I don't think that happens within the human condition. You simply learn how to manage it a little bit more. And, and that's the best I think we could hope for. So when it comes straight up to a person who's maybe listening and thinking, well, that sounds nice. Talking about treasure, talking about returning at home and proving my life. Yeah, yeah, I like the sound of that. But what does that mean in, in my life? I'm going to give a sort of formula that is as concrete as I, I can give. But at the same time, it's really abstract because it has to be because all of our journeys are unique and we are these different expressions of source. So I think it amounts to basically the elements of the hero's journey. You take your call to adventure in the world. What does that mean? Well, whatever it is that is announcing itself to you as, as a problem or a point of intention in your life that you're probably not addressing or you're sleeping under the rug. Could be an unfulfilling job, could be a relationship that's just not doing what it should for you. Could be resistance to moving into your art form or taking the time to learn something new that you really feel the call to learn. It could just be filtering yourself. That might be one of the most common ones in just living in a way that's not authentic. And by that, I don't mean that you throw politeness out the window. That's clearly not what I'm talking about. I just mean that you, you honor whatever it is that your heart actually desires in the world that seems to be a mode of expression, probably through your art, whatever that is. You, you stop denying that, you know, and you give it place in your life. Now, practically, it might not be that you could immediately quit a job and, and jump into your art or something and live a life of sustainable fulfillment. That's the journey. That's what I'm saying. It's not all rainbows, bliss, and unicorns when you take the call to venture. In fact, quite the opposite. I can guarantee you it will not be any of those things, not in the beginning. Uh, I want to be extremely clear about that. That's part of learning the, the new rule set. But then we come back into trust. And if you go into the psychedelic experience, let's say, to try to attain some of what we're talking about, the knowledge of source, that we are it, that it is us, that does seem to build your trust level up a little bit more in your character in this world, a little bit more, a little bit more. Now you have a little bit more courage, maybe to take the next minor practical step for yourself. I once had this take form for myself when I was out in the forest with the mushroom and I was having a ceremony for myself and it was nighttime. And I was very scared to move on this trail in the unknown. It was dark. It was the unknown, who knows what's going to be out in there. But I knew at this time in my life that what was right before me was an example of what I was doing with my life circumstances. I was working a job that I knew was unfulfilling, but I lacked the courage to quit. So on this path, it was the same thing. 
You see that the medicines can show you that sometimes and they'll show you what you're resistant to do. I was resistant, I was scared. I said, all right, maybe just a step. I'll take one more step. And then I did, maybe another, and I did. Before I knew it, I was striding into the abyss and I could still sort of see. But anyway, the, the point I'm making was that I broke out into this grand clearing, beautiful night sky illuminated by, by all of the stars and such. And I looked up and it, I was in complete um, glory, basically. I, I had this going for myself. Now, this is the real tell of the story. You know what really happened there? A remembrance. I had actually walked that path months or years previous, totally forgotten, had no idea that I did. But when I broke into the clearing, I immediately remembered because it was more distinct. And I think that's what you can get when you take your call to adventure in the world, when you do that thing, eventually, you, having gone through the fear and worked with it through a process of building momentum and all of this, you can eventually attain that remembrance you could unite perhaps with the grandparent that is source. And that's what it seemed like for me in that journey. Not that I discovered it, you know, like in and of, my, or perhaps not that I invented it is the better word. I didn't invent this, but it was something that I, I remembered. And again, each and every one of us, I think can attain that within this life cycle when we live out our personal highest and best use our treasures. And the way that that is really initiated is by immersing into the unknown, by dealing with one's fear, at least recognizing it. And I don't know that there's a better aid on the planet than the psychedelic medicines to show you little representations of that sort of cycle, especially with use, and then hopefully build up your character's trust attributes, your faith attributes, your, your knowing of this cycle, because it, it does seem to me like that's what's happening. You're unveiling, you're uncovering, and as you said earlier, you're deconditioning to a existent reality that you were previously just not able to absorb. Now you are having that attainment, what do you do with it? And, and I think that's what the individual journey is. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so beautiful. Thank you. So great. Um, on that note, I want to bring our attention back to the alchemist. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he, he found the treasure under the stone that he used to put, lay down his head. That's right, the stone, um, not the tree, the stone. Yes, I'm sorry, yeah. earlier I said the tree, yeah. Yeah, everything you said just now is exactly that. If he, all he needed to do was just to lift the stone to find the treasure, he didn't need to go around traveling the world, but he had to, because he had to build that, you know, stamina, the strength, the resilience, the capacity, the knowledge, the wisdom, and he had to go through heartbreak. He, he needed to fall in love, fall out of love, lose people, um, you know, encounter fraud, encounter deceive, encounter all of these things to build that resilience and capacity. Because if he just lifted that stone and found the treasure, the beginning of his very um, immature uh, self, he wouldn't know he wouldn't, he wouldn't have known what to do maybe with that treasure. But now he's mature, humbled, has all the tools and is very genuine and very authentic, now knows the truth. So he is going to use this gift differently. So I think this is what's all about. And 
for our listeners, I always say, um, and thank you for also reinforcing that this journey is not unicorn, unicorns and rainbows. It is actually very demanding emotionally. Uh, it's very tough. Um, I always say you need to descend before you can ascend sort of thing. And paradoxically, though, when you have that taste of authenticity and what it feels like in your body, in your mind, in your psyche, then it's easy to let go of your comforts of the mundane world. Mm -hmm. Like once you get that taste of what it is, what it feels like to be truly authentic and aligned with your soul, then you build that capacity. Okay, maybe I don't need this car. Maybe I don't need this big house. Maybe I don't need this many much clothes. Maybe I don't need this kitchen. Like maybe I can just live, you know, in a tiny space. So it's paradoxically like all aligns, right? And then um, I think for most of our listeners who are still in the beginning of the journey where they still have the, that lot of conditioning and the, the, um, the burden of the, the weight of that, that um, societal expectation of like they need to be keeping this image up sort of thing. It, it's hard, you know, like... Um, you know, it's, it, it, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of expectations to live up to. So, but again, paradoxically, if you go into your own self-evolution journey and you get a bit of taste of what it feels to be so authentic, trust me, you don't mind losing all those little conditions, societal expectations and stuff like that. And I think that's a good way to do it. Small, small steps, incremental and start exploring yourself, right? Like you did in the desert, wherever, you know, you get a chance, a weekend here and there and start building that capacity. That's wonderful. Yeah, I think I think that all really hits home and mm. intentionally using the word hits home. It's just true. It resonates yeah. with what is existent by deconditioning. Well, I'd say one last practical thing I'll just add, put a little cherry on top of this, this nice Sunday we have here is, if you do this, if you follow your intuition, which could be thought of as taking your call to adventure, just watch. Just watch what, what happens in your life. It's not something you have to commit to in the beginning with every ounce of your being. It's something that you do and pay attention to the feedback around you. You will see. And as you said, through your direct experience, you will find meaning in the world. You will find a kind of authenticity which is impossible to deny. And then, Having seen that, not able to deny it, if you want to carry that forth and on and involve, well, you, you do so. That's just continuing the journey. It, it seems like most who touch on it will want to grow it. So that's what I would, I would say to cap off. Yeah, beautiful. So what's the journey ahead, John, for you? What's, going, what's it going to be? Well, the thing with this Visionary Quest series of books, which there's four out right now, and like I said earlier, I'm halfway, or I'm almost completely through the fifth, they are major pivot points in my life and they almost all have to do with a visionary plant medicine that I took and I got some clarity as to what to do next. And then I came back to this world and I set up 
a series of things that I know I need to do to continue the journey and to all evolve and essentially live out what it is that I'm, I'm talking about to find higher degrees of meaning and fulfillment for myself in the world. So if I would say that I am anywhere in the journey, it is basically having known what my soul's expression is, which is that mm -hmm. of a visionary writer. And that process is just going to continue now. This next one in the series will be book number five. I'm most likely going to do that probably for the rest of my life, but certainly until at least about book eight, which is of course the symbol of the infinite. And it seems like an appropriate number to at least have as a goal. So that process will continue. And if there's nothing else that could be taken from it, it is that these are entertaining, transparent, real reports of some dude who is no different than anyone else out there attempting to work out what the classroom of life can offer and then truly live it out. So it is in some way that I'm the visionary guinea pig and, and you could read and see what it is that he went through and, and that it worked out for him. So if, if that's the case, if I could do it, anyone can. And that's the core message. Mm, I love that. This is another thing that the medicines show us um, by, you know, taking the journey by, you know, accepting the mission you allow you kind of give permission to other people to see your experiences and share i think this is so beautiful and keep keep sharing your story i think this is going to be the key in the future i mean um now again digital age we talk about digital age i think going forward we need to be more connected than ever before we need to use each other's uh, stories for inspiration for building courage for building hope and also um yeah inspire each other to to work together to the same sort of goal the goal is authenticity for sure yeah, yeah amazing absolutely. stuff I beautiful yeah so we will have your links um in the comments for our listeners to connect with you so Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. I hope you loved this conversation. And do join the conversation. Don't be shy. Uh, you can comment below, get in touch with John and myself. If there's anything you need to know more or if you want to just have a conversation. And this is why we're here. And thank you so much, John, for your wisdom, for your presence, and uh, for doing the work. Really appreciate you. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. I'm sure we'll have you back again for part two, following your journey. I'm excited to see how it's going to unfold for you. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to read the books as well because I didn't, because we met quite recently and I didn't have a chance to dive into your work, but I'm really looking forward to do that also. Yeah, yeah, right on the Visionary Quest series. If you do read, hold on your judgments in the first one because I was, I was not a streamlined exemplifier of, of the higher order process. I was an alcoholic. I was a fool. But the idea that is there within is that it's ever evolving. And again, we are all the fools evolving to higher understandings and the role of the hero that is our life. Mm, that's good. That's good because I love that because um, as we said earlier, at first it's about healing my trauma and then, oh no, actually there is this whole world out here. So that, that's, a, that's the evolutionary process. Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, I'm sure it's amazing. So can't wait to dive in. Thank you so much again. All right, everybody. See you guys on the next one. So glad you joined us. And yeah, do get in touch with me or John. And bye for now. Much love.
Thank you so much for joining us. Psychedelic Conversations podcast is designed to educate, inform and expand awareness. For more information, please head over to psychedelicconversations.com. You can also share with your friends or leave a review so that we can reach more people. You can also join us in our private Facebook group to keep the conversation going. This show is for information purposes only and it is not intended to provide mental health or medical advice. Thanks for listening.